Hello. Welcome to episode 48 of Movie Schmovie. What's your name? My name is Ronald. What's, What's my name? name? <laughs> Steve. What's my name? <laughs> John. John. Where are John. we? We are in the greatest basement ever. And what are we here to do? We're, we're here to talk about movies and stuff. What kind of movies are we here to talk about? The five scariest movies in our young lives. Or in our lives. Yeah. We're all young. I think so. I think so. Yeah. We don't have wrinkled balls yet. That's my gauge of old. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously. No, seriously. I wasn't kidding about I that. I wasn't kidding about I'm that. I'm truly genuine I'm about truly, the wrinkled ball. I'm really, that's really my gauge. But not just specifically, I mean, not just scary movies, but actually we're going to break it down even further and go into scary mo- movie moments. Scary movie moments. So, that is so, so specific. last year we did, before John jumped on board, we, we did the... Uh, the, the actually horror film. Before I jumped on board like Freddie Quell. <laughs> jumped on board. <laughs> right. Uh, like now the, he's here. Like basically favorite horror movies. We did a countdown. We had Lauren on uh-huh. last year. She's not able to join us this year, but uh, we're going to actually kind of narrow down so we don't repeat ourselves too much um, and talk about the moments that we remember, whether we saw the movie recently or not. John and I were talking a little bit before we started recording. It's like some movies we haven't actually seen in a little while, mm. but there's that moment in the films that we're going to talk about tonight that truly frightened you. Whether it's when you were a child, teenager, adult. Looking over my list, I think I've covered my entire life because I've been watching horror movies, mm-hmm. you know, since I was a little kid. And uh, just to kind of get more into the moments, you know, because I think when we talk about horror movies, especially because we talked about Sinister a couple episodes ago, and we've kind of referenced some other movies recently, like Paranormal Activity. You know, even if it's not a great movie um, mm-hmm. or, you know, a good movie even, some films out there like have those moments that genuinely can frighten you. Mm-hmm. And leaves an impression. And if you remember anything about the movie, it's that moment. Right. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about tonight. I, you know what? It, so I feel bad. My first is actually two things. <laughs> it's everything with Freddie in it. That's that's the, that's that's the thing. <laughs> for for I feel like our generation, um, basically anybody up until like pretty much forty. You know what I mean? Up. You know what I mean? Anybody right. up until forty. Right. Jason, Freddie. Struck fear in the hearts of us. And something about any time I heard his name, I would literally jump. Like, oh, shit. Okay, but since I can't do a single moment, I'm going to ignore that one, scratch that one. And I have a specific moment. House of Wax. There's a scene where this guy is reaching. He's, like, underground in a gas station. Right. He puts his hand through a vent. Um, I guess the water goes down into it. Yeah, sewer. Yeah, sewer. Vent. Vent, hole. yeah. Grate? Puts his hand up. Some sort of drainage. Yeah, he puts his hand up to kind of like... call it a grate. Reach, for, reach for something. Something like that. And his finger gets clipped. Mm-hmm. Yep. That is a terrible movie. I mean, <laughs> some parts of it were really cool. That movie was horrible. But that movie... Oh, the recent one with yeah, uh, Paris Hilton? Paris Hilton, yeah. yeah. That's the version I'm talking That's about. That's what you take away from that movie, that Paris yeah. Hilton was in it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think I remember at the time it made, a, it made a big splash because everyone wanted to see Paris Hilton get killed. Yeah. Sure. And she does get killed in the film, so Absolutely. yeah, you, yeah. you get to see that. Pay I off. had some moments that were really cool. No, it did have a couple of moments I of kind of like where you would feel moment. sorry for what happened to the person. And I right. thought the guy's finger, that, that is real visceral. Yeah, yeah. so I, that was pretty scary to me. I guess because I imagine if I were to lose a, a, a digit, and he had to be quiet about it. That's a pretty terrifying moment. Yeah, not only was it completely shocking to him, <laughs> like, oh, I'm looking to try to get a grip to get out, you yeah. know? And it's like, it happens, and you can't give away. I mean, you uh, they obviously know you're there. Yeah. But, you know, like you said, in that moment, he's trying to restrain himself a little bit. Right, especially since it was, it was very subtle. It wasn't like a vat of acid. Mm-hmm. Just snip that, that... That was petrifying. So that's my... 
Steve? I'm going to go with, uh, we t- actually, we did talk about this movie last year, but mm-hmm. first, one of the first things that comes to mind is uh, 1982's Poltergeist. Okay. Uh, there's a scene Ooh. in, towards the end of the film, where uh, Robbie, the young boy, he's, uh, you know, there's moments in his room where he's got this clown mm. that he is petrified of. It's, it's, it's keeping him up at night. And it's a moment, like, I guess towards the end of the film where, like, you have the understanding that the house might be clean. You know, Carol Ann's come back from the other side and everything is good. Well, you know, not so much when the clown <laughs> wraps Robbie around the neck and pulls him <laughs> under the bed. You know, that as a child, I didn't see it in 82. You know, I was born in 81, saw it a few years later, maybe four or five years later as a kid. Mm. You know, thanks, Mom. Thanks, Dad. Uh, I don't regret that at all, though. So uh, that's a moment, you know, not that I say I have a fear of clowns, but that moment, every kid has a moment in a room. And from that mm. moment on, I had, a, I had one every night, you know, where you have that that toy or that spot in your room where you you know you don't know what's going on or you wonder what's going on if you can't see it under mm-hmm. the bed for example yeah, yeah. the lights go t- out the lights go out and that room changes into something else exactly and then when you have the clown and the clown is taking me under the bed where i don't know what's going on it's like a one-two punch that i couldn't get over when yeah. i saw it as a kid also don't you think being a kid watching that was very very like it, it just was too close to, to home and it's not only i'm, I'm I think in that scene, like there's a point where he actually looks under the bed and he yeah. he checks everything out and it's like that it's that moment where everything is okay. Yeah. And then he comes up and the clown's there. Yeah. And it's like, oh, oh damn. Yeah. Thought too soon. Two also the braces scene. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Ooh. Scared the shit out of me. You mean the uh the guy's face in the mirror or the doesn't like wrap no, around his, like the wire like starts wrapping around. It starts around wrapping his around his body. Is that not in the is that in the, the second one? Oh, that's in the second one. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. But the first one, isn't the guy looking in the mirror and he starts like picking pieces of his face oh, right. off yeah, or yeah, something? Yeah. yeah. It's a good movie, man. Yeah. That's definitely. that's the first one off my list. What you got, John? Cool. Um, I will go with one also that kind of made an impression on me early. This was one of the first horror movies I remember watching uh, when I was relatively young. And it still creeps me out just as much as it did the first time as The Shining. Yeah. Mm. Um, and it's chock full of moments that you could pick as a moment. I think yeah. the creepy twins in the hallway. I'm going to jump in real quick. I, that's actually on my list. All right. That really? scene. So yeah. I'll, I'll tag team with you. Oh, the creepy twins. The, the twins. Okay, we'll that, talk about the scenes twins. on my... Because that's not mine, so... Good. Yeah. There you go. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I just... I remember seeing... I, my first time seeing The Shining, I was a teenager, you know, so this was in, like, you know, the mm-hmm. mid-90s, and I was a big fan of horror, but this is a different kind of horror that I was first... That was my first real exposure to, like, this psychological horror yeah. that through every, everything else that was going on in the movie, a lot of it was the mental scare that I was building up in my mind. And to kind of go around those hallways with the little boy and the sound mixing was so great. Like the sound of him going from carpet to hardwood to carpet to hardwood. Mm -hmm. Like that itself was like so hypnotic to me that as soon as he makes that turn and he sees those swings, one, that's scary as hell. And then he sees these intercut really quick scenes of them murdered later on. Uh, And and they want him to play with them forever. Scared the shit out of me. Seeing Danny's first exposure to his shiny moment, uh, it scared me to death, you know, and yeah. like, you know, going around corners and hallways and hotels. I remember going on family vacations as a teenager from that moment. It scared me to make that turn without mm-hmm. kind of looking a little bit around the yeah, corner because yeah. I didn't know if there was going to be two creepy ass twins around there waiting for me. Yeah. But I don't know. That's my scene from The Shining. What do you have? Well, with The Shining, you know, we can also we got to give respect to the uh, to the old lady in the bathtub. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. But the moment and I don't even know how to explain it, but everyone knows the moment. The weird guy in the dog costume giving the guy a blowjob, 
What uh, the hell was that? I've always I don't know. There's a guy in a tuxedo oh and he's sitting on a, on the edge of the bed, and there's a guy in a dog costume giving him a blowjob. <laughs> wow! And it happens in the moment when Shelley Duvall is running around the hotel, basically just like going like kind of from room to room, almost right. like going, ah, ah, you know, yeah, just like yeah. seeing how fucked everything is. And um, yeah, that moment is just. It it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. They, they kind of seem vaguely disturbed by her arrival there, and it and it kind of comes in a flurry of scenes. I think then she goes down to the lobby, and it's full of skeletons and cobwebs and that kind of stuff. It's just a moment where the house suddenly reveals that there's all these, you know, we don't even get to know a fraction of the the evil spirits or the ghosts or the weirdness that's happened in this hotel. Right. The, the whole movie's about the idea that something happens in a place and it kind of leaves an imprint. Sure. Uh, I thought that notion of just, you know, this, this house of horrors, just mm. where every room has some dark secret hidden in it and some sad soul trapped inside it's it. It's so I, weird that you bring that up because I just sent my girlfriend a link for a completely separate thing than The Shiny. It was like an article about... Things if you would have known seeing a film from the book would have changed the way the movie felt for you. Like, I yeah. guess basically scenes that didn't make sense. Right. And that's actually and that, there's in a, the article. Yeah, there's a description of that. And, I mean, it's basically about that in the Stephen King story that there's a char- he actually is a character. I yep. forget what his character's name is. It's a very is. briefly mentioned character. Yeah. but it's He's like a, a sex slave, yeah. you know, and basically works the works the hotel and, oh. you know, performs these uh, acts on these men. And mm-hmm. it's just like a little, like, wink, I guess Kubrick put it in briefly. Yeah. But... Unless you knew, I didn't know that. And even in the book, it's not clear if all these people whose ghosts are there are people that died there, or if they're people that just did something kind so of so outside yeah. of the norm that it that mm-hmm. it left an imprint. But you know, it, the fact that it's so unexplained, sure. And it also just points to the kind of insanity and in what you were saying before uh, about just the psychological horror. You see that movie, and it it there's just something that feels deeper and darker and more orchestrated and kind of more evil than, than a lot of other horror movies that make a lot more sense. I mean, the horror in that movie is kind of almost ill-defined. Like the villain is the hotel. The other th- other one that I was toying with, I'm um, just to add it yeah. quickly is the, the bat scene. Like when she's in that, like, I guess she's in a, is it a hall, like a dining hall or, or something yeah. where, where, where Jack is like kind of following her around. And it's, it's that moment of, of realization to her that he is completely batshit crazy and he's mm-hmm. going to harm her. Yeah. And he's going to, and he's basically, he's kind of calm, but he's fierce when he's saying, he's like, I'm going to bash your head in. Yeah. And at that moment, and you just see her realize that this may be something that is way out of my grasp of what I thought might be going on. Yeah. And that well, moment really, well, there's I mean, something really scary about the notion of kind of the bad dad. I mean, yeah. we've seen him in the whole movie kind of lose his grip on reality. And right. I would say in tandem with that, him chasing his son through the, through yeah. the hedge maze yeah. is the betrayal of the family idea that, yep. you know, and yeah, you yeah. see that in so many horror movies yeah, where sure. there's, you know, it's usually the father who is, you know, kind of goes off the deep end and tries to kill everybody. Yeah. That movie was great. One <laughs> thing I remember about the movie also is it seemed very wide. Yeah. Like, Seem very well, like Stanley Kubrick vast. does you know those large sets, a yes. lot of wide shots, a lot of long shots. Yeah. I always remembered how vast it seemed. It mm-hmm. just seemed like a very full movie. Mm-hmm. That was that was pretty crazy. Okay, so what do you got next? My fourth is an odd one. It is a you, West, my friend, are an odd. It is one. a Wes Craven movie from 1988. Uh oh, The Serpent and the Rainbow. Oh. Okay, Woo! okay. So first and foremost, I don't like voodoo. I don't like things that seem like they could be real. Kind of, kind of tangible things, yeah. And it took place in Haiti, like ghoulies, right, right. And and it was like about this. (laughs) Oddly enough, not on my list. (laughs) So the toilet bowl scene got me. (laughs) The whole idea, I guess, of like, um, there's one scene that gets me. It has got it got me as a kid. I was watching Nightmare Theater. It's a local thing they used to have every every Sunday. Yeah, I'm after Black Belt Theater. Oh, amazing. 
And there's a scene where a guy um, is perfectly fine and something happens to him and it paralyzes him. But he's still alive. He's still functioning. And then he gets buried alive. They show a view of him in the casket and he's crying in the casket and he's going to die in there. Mm -hmm. Man, I can't express how that messed me up as a kid. And it's still to this day. Yeah. I've heard stories of people like in comas and suddenly coming out of the coma and digging through the dirt. And it's just, hit, I don't know, man, it hit home. My, my, the reason also my, my godmother had died right around that time. And I was like super sad. And I saw that. I was like, what if she, what if she's alive? And then the cat that it it just too it was too much for me as a kid. It was too much. So that that's the moment. Serpent in the rainbow. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> right. Wow. Right. It's what petrified. If. Well, don't what you if. think being buried alive is one of those primal fears? Like oh, yeah. when, and when you're a kid and you first think of that, uh-huh. there's it's almost as though you could make it your life's work from that moment on to make sure that doesn't, doesn't happen. happen to me. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Just like, and, and you know, you used to read about people being buried with like bells tied to them so that, yeah. yeah. And I was just thinking that sounds perfectly reasonable. Let's start putting bells on people's <laughs> right. toes and let's just but feel be, better about it. Let's keep them like, it. let's keep them uh, on the couch for a month just to make sure, <laughs> right. just to be sure. Yeah. To be able to fight it is one thing, but yeah. to be completely paralyzed, brain functioning. Oh, oh, and, oh, oh. Yeah. And, and just be like, Oh, just stuck there. Oh, serpent in the rainbow. Miscellaneous Wes Craven movie that I thought was really scary. I, I don't know. So what's what's yours? Uh, my next one. I'm going to stick with the clown theme, and I'm going to throw out a scene from 19 uh, was it 1990 1990s Stephen King's It, uh, two part miniseries on TV. You can go TV. I, I'm, gonna, I'm going TV I'm because I own it on DVD mm. and I've seen it on other stations yeah. beyond a miniseries. So I'm going to qualify this. Um, I can remember being in my living room with my brother. Uh, as kids, folding the couch over so that we had the little like triangle to crawl <laughs> under the couch to hide, and watching it with him under the couch. Mm-hmm. And the scene where um, <laughs> young Georgie is in the rain, walking down the street, watching his boat sail down the sidewalk, and you know the rain takes it into the the, the sewer, and uh, up comes Pennywise the clown, played by Tim Curry. I, I thought probably was the only positive thing about the whole movie or miniseries, and has the conversation with a little boy. And there's a moment when he's describing what it's like down there and trying to lure this kid closer to the grate so that he can reach him. Mm. And uh, there's a line about like the balloons floating and they all float and you'll float too. And then he kind of reaches in and then he reaches to grab him. And you see the clown change from this like he's kind of creepy to begin with. But, you know, he opens his mouth and there's these dagger teeth and it you see that this this is a monster mm-hmm. and i mean there's a mythology built behind you know this backstory about pennywise the clown you see him pop up in like historical photos and it's kind of cool to see what they built with it and right. i mean i actually really like the novel that it's based on it's way different than the miniseries mm-hmm. um one of the probably longest books i've ever read in my life and i don't like reading books at all um <laughs> i admit that right now right. uh mark market today folks steve reader has come out <laughs> Not, not a book reader. Yeah. <laughs> Last name, maybe, but not a book yeah. reader. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Pennywise, I think uh, a lot of people... There's moments, honestly, when I still lived in my parents' house. They lived on the corner of, of an intersection, and there was a stop sign with a light right next to it. There's scenes in the movies when the kids are looking at pictures, even, and they see... These are still photographs from, like, back in the past, and there's moments where, like, it comes to life, and Pennywise runs up and jumps around the light post and is like, hey, kids, and mm-hmm. talking to the kids through the picture. And there's moments I remember at my parents' house, like... 
But I would go into the house at night not looking at that light post because I literally in my mind was picturing seeing that clown wrap right. himself around the post and like try to get me out there. And uh, I don't know that that scene in the in the sewer is what did it for me. And uh, Tim Curry, a lot of cool weird characters he's played over the years. But uh, Pennywise the clown is one that <laughs> ruined me as a kid. <laughs> yeah, I think you nailed the the two movies that might be the best case for fear of clowns. So. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, because I don't. Remember. And I'm not even really scared of clowns yeah. now. No, I don't really. Like, it doesn't. They don't scare me. Like, I, yeah. I, I don't know. It's weird. Like, I know people that are genuinely, genuinely scared. Like, where they'll shake when they see a clown or, or be around a clown. Not the case at all. But as a kid, you know, early teenager, I just, you know. I mean, I'm annoyed by clowns. Petri- I'm embarrassed. Sure, for them, but <laughs> I I'm, feel bad for I'm them. Not afraid of them. I was. I, that movie didn't scare me for some reason. I don't think the movie overall does. I think yeah, I was going to say. I, I think you. Was, I think you said it even that it's. It. It was. Yeah. That was one element that sticks with a lot of people yeah. about that, it's which was otherwise kind of That's not it. as not as scary as the book. I thought the book was was pretty pretty darn scary. Yeah, too. yeah. agreed. And I mean, I actually didn't read the book till after seeing that because mm-hmm. you know, a kid, I didn't even realize this existed. Mm-hmm. But I mean. Having read the book following that, I was like, okay, this is a completely different experience. But just that character, the way he looked, the way he talked, how naive that kid was, and just, you know, you could see it working in his favor the entire time and knowing that kid is, you know, Georgie went missing and never was found again. It seems like like a movie that they'd remake at some point. Oh, they're definitely going to remake it. I think they actually are remaking it. Really? It seems like it. It just feels like something. And I actually wouldn't mind seeing it. I'm, I hate... You know how I feel about Yeah, remakes. I do know how you feel about remakes. <laughs> oh, well, but I'll watch it. That sounds pretty interesting. Yeah, cool. Okay. John? I want to give a, a, a passing reference to just The Exorcist itself, which is a, which is it's viewed as one of those great movies that happens to be a horror movie. Sure. Um, however, there's a moment in one of the later movies that is actually much scarier to me than a lot of what's in the the first movie. Sure. Mm-hmm. So whereas I want to give respect to The Exorcist, it's in Exorcist 3 where there's a scene about midway through, um, and I started looking it up online, and I found that there's a lot of people putting this scene as the scariest scene they've ever seen. So, wow. you know. It, okay. But it's, it's an odd thing. And the movie's good, not great. I think it's actually a pretty well-made movie, and it when you watch it, it kind of reminds you of older films. I mean, it was made in 1990, uh, and uh, it was actually written and directed by uh, William Peter Blatty, who wrote the the book that the first movie was based on. Yeah, I can't say that I'm a fan of the Exorcist films, but I don't think I've ever even seen Exorcist 3. I've actually never seen 2 or 3. Well, you know, you wouldn't or even the, have to be a fan. The, if you just right. look up Scariest Scene Ever, mm-hmm. Exorcist 3, yeah. you, you'll find it on mm-hmm. YouTube. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost recommend watching the movie because the one of the reasons this scene works so well is because it is after a period of... I mean, the movie's kind of got a thriller sort of atmosphere and there's kind of intrigue, mm-hmm. and it does kind of get into the the supernatural horror kind of increasingly as it goes along. But initially, there's just a series of murders that seem to have an occult theme, and you're just mm-hmm. kind of getting into this, this eerie atmosphere. And then there's a moment in a hospital... Uh, hallway. Oh, I I've seen that. That is just so sudden, and the way that it's yes. shot. So much about it. It's just a shot that uses the way that your eye moves around the frame. All the recent movies we've been seeing, uh, like Paranormal Activity, where you're watching a still image sure. I know and you're exactly. kind of being lulled into a sense of calm, and then when something surprises you, mm. this you know if if we've seen you know the millionth retread of that, this is one of the a, a great example of a scene where it just kind of forces you to sit and watch the shot. It really does seem like nothing much is going on, and then when something happens, it's so sudden and so creepy without really fully explaining what it is. Mm. 
if you're not a fan of exorcist movies or if you don't find like possession films to be that scary, right. still go to YouTube and look up this scene. I it's gotta exorcist check it out. 3. I know I, I've heard somebody reference it before and I think I've seen like it on a list before mm-hmm. and I, I just need to watch that. And yeah, without giving anything away, I feel like it, to, t- to describe it would be to completely ruin the point of pointing it out. Okay. You know, so. Yeah, sure. Um, hmm. So my, what is this? This will be my your, third. Your next choice. My next choice. Okay. My next choice is an early found footage movie. Shook up my world. I was in high school and my friend had this movie. Um, and he said that it was the craziest thing he'd ever seen in his life. And it's uh, Man Bites Dog. Mm-hmm. French movie. Came out in 1992. It basically was a movie about two documentarians that follow around a man that they believe is a serial killer, but aren't quite sure until they see him in action. I think what scares me, what has always scared me, is a lack of control. Mm-hmm. And, I don't, and I think that directors need to really take note on how psychologically damaging it is to go into a, a situation where you have control, you think you have control, and it's taken away from you. So it's actually the first time that someone gets murdered well, actually, so somebody gets murdered, and then the second time, it becomes very apparent that this guy is not going to stop what he's doing, regardless of the circumstances. Sure. So it it's jarring. It's, it's in black and white. Mm-hmm. So, like, blood isn't an issue. Like, when you see it, it is what it is. Like, so uh, it's... It's a scary movie. Oh yeah, I've seen it. It's it's very dark. So uh, also another thing is like how we re- we view murder versus more violent crimes. Like you know, murder is violent, but like sexual related things, it becomes less fun. It, it, it's funny at first. He's like ah, ah, making jokes, and then when he does that, it changes everything. Like he becomes like a real monster. He's a monster, yes, but that changes the whole. He has no limitations as a person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he had he had these rules that it seemed like he had, and then they get kind of destroyed once you once he, his desires kind of play out in front of the camera. So that's one of my favorites, one of my scariest moments. So right on. Uh, I'm going to just continue through the years. My next one's a 1992 film called Candyman. <laughs> um, you know, as a kid at that point, I was 11 years old. I remember seeing that movie when it actually came out. And uh, you know, there's like these things you talk about as kids, like these legends. You're like Buddy Mary. Or you actually hear about Candyman or these things where you put the penny in your hand in the bathroom and say, it's all these like random things you hear that you don't ever really want to do, but you do want to do because you want to see if it's real. Uh, And Candyman is a movie that kind of put it in context for me that I shouldn't really mess around with that shit. Yeah. And that was because uh, of the scene where um, (laughs) Virginia Madsen is uh, the lead in the film. Mm -hmm. She's uh, she's she's interviewing this college student for some research on this legend of Candyman. And the college student is basically walking her through this legend, you know, the story that all these kids know. And it's basically the story about a babysitter who, you know, is babysitting this child and her, the, the guy that she's having an affair with or like her side boyfriend, whatever, comes over, actually played by Ted Raimi, uh, Sam Raimi's brother. Um, and it's really cool because the college student is telling the story as, as, as Helen, who's, you know, the main character is interviewing her. But the over the voiceover intercuts with the actual scene playing out. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the setup's pretty simple. These get, this guy comes over, you know, and they're talking about this. If you say his name five times in the bathroom with the light out, you know, or no, with the light on, you say his name five times, you turn the light out and he appears behind you in the mirror. 
And it's just like a such a build. And like she's explaining to the boyfriend and she's got her top off and it's kind of sexy, but really scary. And you're like, don't do it because I don't want you to die because you're kind of hot and things like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he she stops him at four. He stops at four and he, she's, oh, no one's ever got that far. You know, go out in the living room. I'm going to surprise you. And then being a dumb girl she is, you know, she continues with the fifth one. And the moment she hits the light off, you know, Tony Todd just pops up behind her with his hook as a hand and scared the shit out of me. You know, like, mm-hmm. you know, I'd always tested the water with things like that with my friends. And it's like, you don't ever go through with it or you just talk about it. And then, you know, maybe we did once or twice, but the seed on the screen and as, and as, uh, I really like the way the scene built up. Like I mentioned it, it's a really little thing, but I really liked the voiceover and how it cut in with the scene. Cause there's a point where she's like, and then he went and then the guy takes over and says the candy man four times. And mm. it's, and there's another scene in the movie where Virginia Madsen's character actually does it herself to prove that she's not crazy to this doctor. Mm-hmm. And you know, when she says it the fifth time, nothing happens presumably. And then a hook goes through his chest. It's just like actually seeing and, and watching on screen, somebody going through with that fifth repetition of his name. Yeah. Scared the hell out of me. And, you know, not that that actually I like Candyman, the first one. There's a whole bunch of sequels that are just weird, like Farewell to the Flesh and whatever. <laughs> but I mean, I guess it, you know, kept him in business. Tony Todd played the character. But um, yeah, dude, the the Candyman in the mirror got me for sure. That's a great moment. <laughs> Nothing else. Nah, seriously, that that movie was like so I guess with the exception of like Freddie and Jason, there was Candyman. I yeah, totally it was agree. like kind of like the B movie. Yeah, like when we were kids or teenagers, like it ne- it didn't really do anything in theaters, or it was more like that movie you got on VHS from yes. Errol's or Blockbuster <laughs> and rented it. Yes, you know, and like you watch it in the dark, and then you kind of wanted to go to the bathroom and try it, and you knew better. And that was totally me, you know, when I saw yeah. that movie, and I didn't mess with that shit. That was so. around that time. Well, you 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 don't you don't believe it, right, yes, right. but you don't, you also don't fucking do it. You know what I mean? You, That's it. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't I mean, believe it? This is a movie. Like, it's a stupid legend. Like, But then there's that little seed yeah. in my brain that mm-hmm. was telling me, you know what? Just watch the next movie. Don't don't mess right. with that don't. shit. Right. So I did. I was introduced <laughs> and I'm here to today. that movie. <laughs> that movie and Ouija boards. Oh, yeah. Much around the same time. Yeah. I was whew, scared of both. I never said Candyman five times. I, I think I may have said it five times during this podcast. <laughs> Maybe I'm on four. Let me just stop right now. Right. All right. Next. What if you just list all five Candyman films in the mirror? <laughs> nope, not no, happening. Does that do it? Like no. the from Dust Till Dawns, there's like eighty of those, just like <laughs> Candyman's. Um, I'm gonna throw a movie out there that's a little bit, uh, you know, maybe of a uh, a cult movie. I feel like in recent years I've heard more the people occult talking or a cult film, a, a cult film. Okay, a movie that uh, kind of. I think it was around probably video stores all throughout my life. I just never got around to seeing it until recently, but it's from 1974. It's the original Black Christmas. Oh, wow. Um, And funnily enough, this movie was actually directed by Bob Clark, who also directed A Christmas Story and Porky's. Yep. (laughs) And has also... And when you look at those three movies, you might want to say, what an interesting career. Well, the last movie he directed was uh, like Super Babies 2 or something like oh, that. Goodness. Super genius. What? Baby <laughs> just Genius. Just it off. Baby Geniuses 2. <laughs> yeah. nice so you want to say maybe more just a, a guy who you could hire to be on a yeah. film. <laughs> Early in his career, though, he did do a few horror films and he seemed to be really involved with the production and the kind of shaping of the content. And um, <clears throat> Black Christmas was, was a Canadian movie and made in 1974, released there. In 74, it came out in 75 in the States. The reason I mentioned the the year 
as an important factor is because it's kind of a series of firsts. A, a lot of things about it might play as familiar now that we've seen a thousand slasher films, mm -hmm. but this movie was the first time I've seen where the killer's point of view is the camera, where you oh. can kind of hear the breathing and you can yeah, see yeah. the camera yeah, moving yeah, around. Wow. It, it also, I think, is the first use of the um, phone calls coming from inside the house. Uh. And it, it also is one of the first uses I can say of the kind of prank call, there's a voice on the other end of the phone that's kind of tormenting the person and kind of teasing them along. Mm. Uh, there's a few really scary scenes in this movie. There's a, there's Most of them are just little quick flashes. Like there's a scene in this movie where a girl goes into a room and sees her dead friend and, and behind her, behind the door, which is open in the crack of the door where there's just a little bit of light coming in, you can see the killer's eye. I mean, oh. just little simple things like that yeah, that yeah. just make your skin crawl. Uh, it also has a great sense of just since the killer is kind of in the house the whole time, there's just this constant threat of uh, it's a big house. So you could be downstairs and someone else could be up in their room and you could be worlds apart because there's this uh. other force in the house that's prowling around. Um, when trying to choose the best moment uh, to, to pick of this movie, uh, it, it was a little tough because, like I said, there's so many little moments that that you could almost say, well, that was a moment that I jumped or that was a moment that really stuck with me. Um, and it, it's easy online to find the prank call. If you just put on Black Christmas 1974 prank mm -hmm. call, you'll see the scene. It's pretty. It's pretty scary. I mean, it's a good. It's it's a good example of what makes the movie good. There's something kind of gritty and creepy about it, even though it is very dated. But since I didn't see it until recently, I can't say that it's. It's not just that I saw it when I was a kid. It's just that there's something about it being kind of having that 70s feel that lends itself to the sort of griminess of the movie somewhat. Um, even though it actually is a pretty well-made movie. I checked. It's like shot on 35 millimeter. It cost $600,000. It wasn't low budget, but it was It was uh, before slasher films became uh, something you just kind of churn out. I think this was intended to be a little bit more of a, a, you know, a unique experience. Um, so you can find the prank call online, but there's a scene in the movie, if you watch it later on, where... The killer, who, when he calls the girls, he, he uses different voices. It sounds like there's three or four people, but it's just mm -hmm. one person. They actually got, like, three actors to do the voice of the killer. Oh, okay. So we've heard him talk to the girls on the phone and threaten to kill him and call him all these awful things. But there's a scene later that's just kind of randomly intercut where he's up in the attic and he's kind of by himself and he's just freaking out and it's a point of view shot and it's basically someone running around a dark attic point of view just like screaming and making all these weird noises and stuff but you don't you never see them you just kind of see what they're doing and what they're kind of pushing yeah. it's a brief scene but it just points to the utter depravity of this character who's never really fleshed out and i will say that's one thing the horrible remake from 2006 one of the things that really it got wrong was it really overexplained kind of the background yeah. of this killer but in this original movie it was sort of a uh, uh, there's almost like a mystery around who this killer is it doesn't feel like it's part of a formula um right. and like i said there's certain things about it that definitely feel of its time but i thought it was remarkably fresh uh uh, when I saw it. So I would recommend not just that you see it, but yeah, watch out for the, the attic freakout scene. Um, mine is a movie from 2007. Uh, it is Record. I it's, knew you were going to eventually oh, throw this you, one. I was like, where is it at, Ronald? You knew I was going to, because this is one of my favorite horror movies ever. Period. Period. Puts some punctuation at the end of Period. that. Period. So basically, a reporter goes to uh, follow some firemen, stories boring, and then a emergency gets reported. They come to the uh, the apartment, and basically they realize that something crazy is going on. 
due to that fact, they're locked into the apartment uh, and building, and then chaos ensues. Now, the newer version that came out a year later was absolutely fucking garbage in the trash can. The remake? The remake. It's quarantine, right? Quarantine, yes. But the original captured fear in that situation in a way that I had never seen would seem like a natural disaster or something going on in that situation. And there's a scene where, I mean, it doesn't give away the entire movie because you watch, you, you see it in the trailer. But basically all of them are kind of crowded around one man that's hurt and they're hearing these weird noises upstairs. It's a very narrow area. Um, and as they're talking to each other, they're like, well, what are you going to do? I want to go upstairs. I'm going to go upstairs. They're just speaking to each other kind of frantically. A body falls down from the top floor. It kind of lands in the background. No. Enough said. Do, you can't do that to me. Yeah. Not when I'm not when I'm in the dark. You know what I mean? And it's... I got to see that. It's a very, very... Have you seen that, John? Good, no, I have not, but it came up. Damn, I, I did. I didn't... You know, I actually... I made my list before I really did any online research. Right. I did a little after the fact just to see and, and record. Can, yeah, I saw that Came up on quite too. a few lists. Yeah, it's, and I've heard it, nothing but positive. Beyond just you, Ronald. I mean, a lot right. of people that I've seen it. And I think, I think the reason why it was so important for me to see this movie is because I, I think that so many of those movies had been coming out, like Blair Witch and stuff like that. And I had this this friend, and he was like, I know a movie that's going to scare the shit out of you, and I'm telling you it's going to scare the shit out of you, and you're still going to be scared. When people tell me that, I never believe them. They're like, oh, it's going to mm-hmm. make you jump a little bit. I was like, yeah, no. But this movie actually did. I think it's it's minimalist, and I think that's what makes it so cool. The fact that it really was done on a shoestring budget, rather than it looking like it was done on a shoestring budget, it you know, not having a lot of resources can make you do some really creative things. That Absolutely. Create scares. And that's what that was such a good thing to do. I mean, I don't know. There's more. There's way more than that. But that that particular one kind of ups the ante and kind of transitions from the first act to the second act. It's like, oh, shit got real. And everybody has to be on their toes <clears throat> at this point. So record. Right on. Uh, this is actually one of, me, one of my last ones. because I jumped on your shining board. Uh, oh, I think. Oh, uh, I may throw a couple more, but I'm gonna. I, I save this one only because, um, as a graduating senior from the class of '99 at Owens Mills High School, couldn't have been more excited to see this film that everyone in my <laughs> friend circle, family circle, believed to be true, and that was what you just said. 1999's Blair Witch Project. Um, I, one of the probably- Steve. Steve, I'll go ahead and tell you. You'll be happy to know you just. Jumped on my Blair Witch <laughs> yes! board as yes! well. So, <laughs> all right. So let's ha- let's tag yeah. team this one again. So I, I just want to say that beyond the scene that I'm going to mention is, uh, and I don't. I guess I don't. We talk about these spoilers. And I want to feel horrible saying this, but I've got to give some of this scene away. Okay. At, at this point, you've see, everyone's seen Blair Witch Project, right? You, right. Yeah, right. I, I hope so. <laughs> I mean, if you're listening, well, thank you for listening to our podcast. Yeah. But if you're listening to our favorite scary movies, mm-hmm. horror scenes. I'm hoping you anticipate that it may be on here. Because um, when two-thirds of us actually has it, you should probably see it by now. Right. Um, but That's before true. I get to the scene, real quick, marketing for this movie was the most effective use of marketing, even working in the industry myself, probably, that I've ever seen. Ever. I'm so glad you're picture. getting into this because ever. I think that a lot of the sort of backlash to this movie 
was based around people who honestly thought that it was trying to sell itself as real. I, I never saw it try to sell itself as real. It tried to do, it did a damn good job of impersonating something real. Right. It put out all these little specials, all these ancillary materials. But the first thing I the remember reading stuff? about it, I remember uh, when it first, like, um, I think it was Rolling Stone had like a, a festival report and they were talking about Sundance and they mm-hmm. made, and you know, this was, I guess, 99 or yeah. when, the year it must have hit the festivals. Sure. And, uh, you know, from that moment, it was talking about it as fiction. I don't think you had to think it was real in order to be scared by it. I would agree with that. But I'll, I'll say that for the most part, be, I mean, beyond myself, because I, I, you know, I researched it a little bit before seeing the movie. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I kind of was already aware of that, like you were saying. But I would agree with you. Most people that I knew genuinely thought it was real. Yeah, or it was supposed to be supposed real. Supposed to be real, right. And, you know, I don't think, you know, there were some people that didn't like the film. That's fine. Like, you know, they're either not a fan of the found footage thing or like maybe they felt tricked, like you just said. But I think that at least from my experience, even having a, you know, and what do you call Having the inside that, you know, it is not supposed to be real. It's it's, it's mocking it almost like this mock doc thing Mm -hmm. that's now so popular. It was just how much thought went into building up to it. You know what I mean? Like you talk about all this ancillary material. You know, literally TV specials on public broadcast stations were airing these specials that they shot. That were made to look like they were shot in the 80s and 80s, stuff like yes. That. And yeah. being in Maryland, too. You know, yeah. I remember being at one of the theaters here and seeing the first poster and being like, oh, Burkittsville. Oh, cool. It's mm-hmm. moving Maryland. This is kind of cool. It's like my home state. Cool. You know, feeling very proud of this in a way, you know. <clears throat> and I remember seeing the film at the Charles Theater and uh, the entire film. I think what builds so well is that everything's built around this you know this dark figure this witch and not too much is actually shown you know you don't really see anything Mm -hmm. you know it's a lot of sounds and noises and you know elemental environmental things that you fill in yourself almost with what you think is there like we talk Mm -hmm. about a lot of these movies do but the scene that i'm going to put out there is the very last shot of the film you know a lot of this is built up in the film it's reference we're told about what we see at the end of this film multiple times through these students research Mm -hmm. you know we never see it you know, we don't really see any true victims. I mean, you see people go missing, but this entire time they're looking for the people that are missing. And you think uh, maybe that, you know, they're just messing with them. Maybe they are just lost in the woods, whatever it might be. But the moment the the noises lead them to the house and then the noises lead them into the house. And Mike, at that point, is given up on this whole thing, wants to find Josh and get the hell out of, you know, hell, hell out of the woods. <clears throat> and I can just remember, you know, sitting in the theater and the last scene of that footage Everything that I've been told this whole movie, seeing it on the screen, seeing that camera drop, yeah. and the movie end. Yeah. Like, it knocked me out. You know, it yeah. started, you talk about Record, that whole, this was, you know, this was eight years before Record came out. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's been imitated and impersonated so many times since, sometimes well, like in the, you know, in the case yeah. of Record, yeah. sometimes not so well, and like in the sequels that came from it. But I mean, I think that the filmmakers who, you know, Maryland guys shot it in parts of Maryland, um, it was an awesome experience for me, something that, you know, a little movie that costs like a half a million dollars to make, to make almost 300 million. It's one of the most successful independent films ever. Yeah. And to have experienced that as a teenager where that was my bread and butter as mm-hmm. a 16, 17 year old, you know, teenage boy just graduating high school who loves horror movies. It was the ultimate experience for me. And especially seeing it at the Charles theater, which is an independent theater in Baltimore city that doesn't have the best presentation where you're watching it in a theater that's kind of flat, doesn't have stadium seating, you know, and this is a movie that it looks like it's footage that was found years before. Everything added up amazingly. One of the best experiences I've ever had in a movie theater scared the hell out of me for weeks to come. I, you know, I had just moved 
uh, to Maryland when it came out. That was the year I moved here, and I saw it at the Charles too. And I think it was there before it was playing. In, exactly. Yeah. Like it, wide or anywhere yeah, it else. came out there before, and that's when I saw. And it, it was well. a huge crowd lying around the block. We it may a, have been there together. Was, yeah, I we think. may. I don't know how long it was there. It's like, it yeah. was like opening weekend. Yeah. I went, and the uh, line was completely around the whole block. Yeah. Of the arts, uh, the arts district, right there. But yeah, I just kind of want to. I guess I'll add a little bit on to what you were saying because I think the scares in that movie are so simple and so relatable because you can totally imagine being out in the woods and just how vulnerable you are when you're kind of outside of your territory. Sure. And, you know, when you're in your tent and you're out there in the middle of the night, yeah. there's nothing more vulnerable than a person sleeping in a tent in the middle of nowhere because if someone comes upon you, it's clear that you are in your little tent bag. You're zipped up in your little in your little bag, yeah, <laughs> and you're, you're probably asleep. So th- that notion of someone kind of messing with you in the night, and then you add that to that the layer that of how they made it was that the directors and the producers were like th- they were kind of messing with the actors. Like sure. the actors really were reacting in an improvisational way to this content. Like they kind of knew certain things they were supposed to do, but yeah. they were getting vague instructions and kind of improvising their dialogue. So it was a really immersive experience for the actors. And I think that really comes across. Absolutely. I know a lot of people think the characters are annoying. Um, I think they're just kind of more believable. Like, yeah, I think, I would, a, lot, I would, I think I, a lot of real yeah. people would be annoying under those Everybody circumstances. Everybody that I would call probably my closest friends if we were in that situation they probably become my greatest enemy right. because of how annoying they probably would yeah. be. So, the, so that's real. I agree. So the shot at the end, I don't think you can pass a dark room in a house you're not familiar with and not momentarily think you see someone standing in the corner <laughs> yep. of that room. Oh, okay, everyone agrees on that, but I want to give special props to another moment earlier in the movie where they're awakened by noises outside their tent, okay, and it sounds yeah. like people are moving around outside. Sure, yeah. And there, I, I want to say it was one of the actual... We've, we've been talking recently about the use of kids in horror movies yeah. and how unscary they can be. I do think you hear what sound like young voices, kids, yeah. kids' voices, but it's creepier in that situation. And then as they're kind of going about getting out of the tent, you, you see something pushing on the side of the tent from outside. It's one of the few instances in the movie where there's an there's an acknowledgement of Present, like a physical yeah. presence outside, yeah. and just that little hand and maybe even a series of hands kind of pushing in on the side while they're freaking out. It, it at that moment, I mean, I love to go camping. At that moment when I was watching that movie, I thought, I don't know if I'm ever going to go camping again because <laughs> that's all it would take, you know. And I never have. Me. You never <laughs> have. I never have, and probably yeah, won't because, because of, of that. Because of, I, I would say the scene also before they go into the house, like that, that earlier the day in that day where. It's kind of been parodied now, but when Heather's like apologizing to the camera, yeah, I think that scene really sets me set me up, and I think if you react to the end of the movie the way I did for that last shot, yeah, you know, I think it's the realization by her that they probably aren't going to get out of this, and if they did, like it's the farthest thought from her mind right now. Yeah, it's she easy wants, to make fun of that, but it is yeah. so it's such a like an emotionally bare moment where yeah. you you it's again so you, desperate and you feel like. I mean, if we're going to look at horror movies and why we like them, and it's all about maybe finding that moment where you kind of relate to the characters, mm-hmm. I think in that moment, you really don't know what you would do in that situation. It's it's probably one of the best horror films ever made, if you consider it a... I think, I mean, I think oh, yeah. it's got to be in a conversation, it a absolutely. Yeah, it has to be, you know, one of the, one of the top yeah, ones. Yeah, you can't blame it for every shitty found footage movie that, that came out. Right, right, <laughs> right. The only thing you can really blame it for is Book of Shadows, but <laughs> we're never going to speak of that again now that I've said it. Let's just... I saw that one in the Charles... Shh. You obviously don't listen to John. <laughs> okay. All right, moving on. Okay, so this is my how last. How many? You have one left. How many do you have left? I have John? one left. Okay, cool. I have one left. And you're. I'm, I'm, I have a couple that I, I mean I'll just throw a couple quick ones when. So if we're talking about solely off of scares in the movie theater, I'm gonna piss my pants. 
ring, the ring. Oh, good call. The closet scene, right? When the when mm-hmm. they're walking around, they're gonna see where this girl is. They open up the closet. Ah, yeah. you see her face. You don't quite know what's going on with it. It's it's done in a way that's so effective. It's so quick. Everybody in the theater screamed, mm-hmm. and I screamed. I was gonna put that on my list. Messed the only reason I didn't, because I feel like talked about that so much in last year. In theater, jump like I'm talking about in theater. I was like, ha, ah. yeah. You know what? Another weird scene is this isn't a horror film either. <laughs> Kill Bill when she gets shot in the head. Mm-hmm. That scared the fuck out of me. They're talking about just we, scares. We actually talked about that. That there are a lot of movies that aren't horror movies yeah. that have scary oh, moments. Goodness. And some of the scariest moments I could think of were from movies that otherwise weren't scary. So, yeah. you know, maybe there's another list oh, man. one day. Kill Bill. Yeah. That first. But that's not the one you were talking yeah, about. You were no, talking the about ring, the ring. The ring. We were actually talking about that last week. Yeah. yeah. That the, image. That image. It's so oh, quick, too. Trump's you know what I mean? And it lays down the concept of what will happen to you if you watch this tape <laughs> yes. in the most gruesome way possible. Yeah. And it happens to a, a sort of likable, kind of innocent, yeah. kind of normal-seeming teenage girl. She really didn't deserve she did it. Nothing. Yeah. And she got it. Yep. Anybody can get it. That's that's a number one rule in a good horror film. Mm-hmm. Anybody can get killed. Yep. Little kids can get it. Old grannies can get it. Mm-hmm. The old wise man, he can get it too. The one that knows about the town. The librarian. <laughs> yeah. I can't stand a librarian. Oh, let's do some research. Let's go to the library. She can Library or library? Library. Okay. Did I say library? I think so. That was a that was a, <laughs> a Baltimore a youth sport. No, I mean the ring, I mean that scene absolutely. I think as an adult, that was one of the few like, times I can gen- genuinely say I jumped out of my yes. seat. Because it happens very early on in the film, mm-hmm. very quick. I mean, like, you know they're looking and they're going to find a body or they're not going to find anything at all. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and then they not only do they find it, they find it pretty quickly and it's 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 so fast. And the look on her face, that frozen, like, crippled, like, yeah. stroke-like look on her face. Yeah. It, <laughs> it, 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 we apologize to anyone who has had a stroke. Yeah, apologize. Or who is... Crippled. I'm not sure if that was a word you wanted to use. Um, I'm, I, yeah, I'm sorry. Let's just maybe contorted. Contorted. Yes. Okay, I like yeah, that. I like that. That's why we have John on this show now, right, so they right. can correct our wrongs. We apologize All to right. everybody. What do you um, got next, John? You know, I th- this gets into that area where there's there's some movies that that are not perfect films, mm-hmm. but they have moments that will always stick with you. Yeah. The Strangers. Yes. Okay. Oh, boy. I and you know, about... we talked about it last week. That's why yeah. I didn't put it on yeah. my list so that you could talk about okay. it. Okay. But I, I left it towards the end because I was thinking, well, maybe Steve will mention it. <laughs> but The Strangers actually, to me, is a movie that is almost a great, like almost a classic yeah. horror film. Agreed. I, I think, I, I think, I think that so I have a problem with horror movies getting to a middle third where, in retrospect, all the killer's doing is toying with the victims. Mm-hmm. It's to me. Then I realize I'm just watching a drawn out scenario where someone's going to get killed horribly at the end, and it makes mm-hmm. me feel bad. Like, why am I enjoying it? Like, why is this yeah. good? Why am right. I, you know, when when there's no chance for escape, and you realize, oh, there never was any chance for escape, and I've just been watching that play out. I think sometimes I like to see the characters kind of beat the odds, mm-hmm. or at least see some chance of them beating yeah. the odds. So I don't think it's a great film, but I think the first forty five, maybe the first half of the movie, is. Uh, near perfect for for ratcheting up the suspense oh man it's you know the whole idea the simple pure idea of the home invasion is so creepy and just because you were home um and also i actually liked the way the movie gave you this kind of simple conflict between the two characters 
that again was very relatable. You can totally imagine an occasion yeah. that was supposed to be a nice getaway with your with your significant other, and you guys are fighting about mm-hmm. something, and you get the sense that they've both, or at least the the girlfriend, sort of feels like she didn't really appreciate her boyfriend that much when when they weren't getting killed. Uh, but the the there's there's two moments, and I think in short, the moment that almost was the one I chose was the moment where. Um, uh, she's in the foreground, and I think she's just fixed herself like a, a glass of water or mm-hmm. something. Yep, that's it. And in the background, the killer who wears there's two or three killers that are mm-hmm. masked, but there's a killer with like kind of a sack on his head. Yeah, and he just steps into the shot in the background and kind of watches her from the background, and then looks like he might step forward a few times and kind of kind of lurches forward on his feet, and then just kind of backs back up, which just lets you know they're in the house. They could yeah. do anything at any time, and it's still a little while before she finds out that someone's been in the house. So that moment's. That moment's, uh, you know... That's mine. Burned into your brain, you know? Yeah. yeah. But if there's a moment that I always think about as just watching it play out was just so excruciating. There's a scene later where his friend has come to try to help him out, and and they make this friend... Uh, he's actually played by Glenn Howerton from It's Always Sunny in Dennis, Philadelphia. Yeah. Dennis, who is who he's I love on that show. Strangers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's a good friend. He's coming to help. There's a... It's... Every now and then in a horror movie, a character is fucked, and you can see how, well, if this doesn't happen, then this will happen. Yeah. This guy is doomed from the moment he starts to go down a particular hallway. He's getting it from both ends. And 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 it is almost a comical moment. That movie, it snuck up on me. I think I wasn't expecting it. I'd, I'd seen the commercials, and, and I was like, oh, I'm going to give it a chance. I saw mm-hmm. it in the theater. I, I enjoyed it so much. I think why the reason why I didn't put it on was that Man, that's the that's beyond the just scariest moment. That is my ultimate fear. Yeah, and I think that's why I didn't because it's a real life fear. Mm-hmm. The home invasion, the scenario. home invasion yeah. scenario. And, like, there, uh, is there anything scarier than thinking of you know you're in your bedroom, you're in your mm-hmm. house, you just come around the corner and there's just somebody there. Yeah, that you've never seen before. It, and that's another cool thing they did. Like some of the scenes with them in it were really washed out looking mm-hmm. and and kind of bland and, and and a lot of white in it. Like. Yeah. You would think that, that, that brighter colors like that wouldn't be scary, but something about them. Well, it's a those... house. I mean, it's, it's it looks like, I mean, I'm sure everybody's parents or aunt or grandparents yeah. live in, everybody's got someone in their family who's got a little house that out house, in the country yep. with the wood paneling and looks like it hasn't been updated in since like the 70s, but it's still in basically good shape. It's a little old ranch style house. Yeah. And there's just so many, the way this space in the house is used too. I mean, you become really conscious of kind of the layout of the, yeah. and yeah. It's a great movie. I, I love that movie. I, I saw it in the theater too, Ronald, and it was one of the few times I've been that scared in a theater. Yeah. Um, and I began to wonder why did I do this? Why did I come to see this movie? <laughs> that's why. That's why I didn't put it on my it list. It was a nearly empty theater, and uh-huh. I was in the middle of the room. And I think maybe there were a couple of people that kind of filed in after I did. So, uh-huh. But I became really conscious of the fact that I was in the middle of a dark room, and that I was kind of you know that to anyone that came up behind me, I was completely vulnerable. So I I remember hun- hunkering down in my seat and gradually getting to the point where I was kind of like hiding. Yeah. The horror, horror just gets me. Horror yeah. doesn't get enough respect, like directors that make that reel you into the experience, they don't get the respect that they deserve. Mm-hmm. Great movie. There's supposed to be a sequel maybe coming out to that. It's been really? development hell for years, but... Mm. I'd watch it. I'd check it out. I like the first I one. would say in the past five, six, or whatever, when did that come out? Six years ago? Seven years ago? Yeah. Whatever. In that time yeah. frame, it's probably one of my favorite horror movies. In top five, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's super it's effective. Movie, I've yeah. watched it at least four or five times. And uh, the idea, like we said right when you mentioned it, John, was... Just because you were home, mm-hmm. that scares the hell out of me. Yep. Anytime, like when I walked in here tonight, you said, 
you know, when I rang your doorbell and you were just catching up on all these movies, mm-hmm. you know, you're like, if I can just get to the door to put my hand on it, I could stop it if it was to move. Yeah, I had I had left the door unlocked, but mm-hmm. kind of halfway closed. And I went out to the, like, it was closed, but not pushed to. Yeah. And, and he rang the doorbell. And I went to go get the door. And as I was going towards it, I realized that if someone was outside, they could just push the door in. And yeah. I just was walking forward. And it's like, the second I got my hand on the door, I felt more secure. I've been watching too many horror movies. Yeah. <laughs> and, that, and, and that's actually There's a problem a movie like I have. This that does that shit I see you. myself in horror movie vision all the time anyway. And especially uh, if I'm alone in the house. And it's just like... Like you come back from vacation and you're checking the house out. Do, do you ever have that brief moment of wondering what would you do if you yeah. threw back the shower curtain yeah. and there was some guy like masturbating with a <laughs> with an axe or right. something? I love that that's the priority, that yeah. he's masturbating first, but then also right. has an axe. Yeah. He's got to get the one thing done, then he'll take care of the other. It's a strange thing. When, when I was younger, um, my house got broken into my, oh, my mom. Me too. So, and it happened in the city. It was weird because nobody was nobody was around. Like people lived on that block, didn't say anything. But that feeling when you come into a place and look and something that you've had in a position forever, for years, maybe 10 years, is moved and things are messed up. It it ruins you as a person. Mm-hmm. They actually hit that note in The Strangers as well when she knocks her phone on the floor mm-hmm. and she turns back around and the phone is actually on the chair. Yeah. Same exact thing. That's so- how you get a big old shotgun. <laughs> 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 to blow your enemies away with a pistol. Right? A pistol. A shotgun. A shotgun or a pistol. And a pistol. Oh, yeah, that pistol's on your on your waist, and then you have a big old shotgun. Just in case you fall back, you can do that fade away. Like Slow the motion, motion, yeah. I've watched entirely too many action movies. Does anybody have any quick honorable mentions hmm. they want to? Honestly, that was uh, The Ring was going to be one of mine. Actually, I will mention the original Invasion of the Body Snatchers, or the 1978 with Donald Sutherland, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I remember watching that when I was in high school, and... Uh, the last scene where the the main girl sees his character walking down the street and thinks that they both survived this invasion, mm-hmm. and he just looks at her and just you know points and makes that siren scream that all yeah. the you know bodies that had been that's that I remember that scared the hell out of me yeah, too yeah. as a kid. I don't yeah. think everything else you guys got. Yeah, I think hit everything on. else has been covered. Yeah, I would I would like to give a quick shout out to Alien. Okay, uh, and to House of the Devil. And uh, also to John Carpenter's The Thing and American Werewolf in London. Yeah. Those are, those are all I would some- second the last two. Cool. Well, I mean, you guys can feel free. I mean, this episode's up a couple days before Halloween. You can, you know, hit us up if you have any other suggestions at themoviesmovie at gmail.com. Uh, you know, we're going to post on the site. Comment on the thread to let us know if you think we missed any movies or have any suggestions that we should go see that we obviously didn't or else we would have probably had them on our list. Yeah. And if you haven't seen any of the movies that we talked about and we spoiled it all for you, I'm sorry. I'm genuinely sorry. But still go see the movie. I mean, you'll still have the experience. If it made this list, I promise you that you can still watch the movie and probably be scared by the scenes that we talked about. I don't think anything we said would ruin any of the movies that we talked about. Okay, good. Because I always worry about the spoiler police that Ronald and John patrol (laughs) our podcast now. Yeah. And they're so concerned. And I understand. No, I I agree with you that it would be, it's hard to talk about particular moments without spoiling a little bit about them. But I think that, I think we stayed on the respectful side of that. I think so too. Very good. Very good. So successful all around, John. (laughs) Yeah. For everyone. I don't mean to make you so nervous about that. No, that's cool, man. No, like literally when we guys talking about this, I'm like, man, Ronald literally says, so are we talking about these scenes or are we right, going right. to just like I think was, about them by afraid. making eye contact yeah. with one another? Because yeah. like, I'm going to talk about my favorite <laughs> scene without talking about my favorite scene. Well, here's what I think. I think we should take it even further. I think we should be purists. We shouldn't even spoil what movie we're talking about. Oh, 
There's a thought. We should just say there's this one, this and one. then there's this part. Well, this thing. And you I'm know not, what happens. I'm not going to say anything else. Splatter. You will know the part when you get to that part of that thing. Of that movie. Yeah. We're not going to tell you the movie. It Trust exists, me. though. It's out there. Yeah. No, but this has been a lot of fun. I mean, I think it's kind of cool how we did it this year. Yeah, you know, we'll so have to too. think of something different for next year. Innovative. Yeah. That's what we are. Anything else to throw in there, guys? Um, no. Come Go to the website. Don't be a bitch. <laughs> Subscribe to it on iTunes. That's all. You know, movie schmovie. Way to cap it, Ronald. Yeah, Way to cap you, it. you know what I mean. Somebody's like, uh, what gets the fence about this? Don't be a bitch. Just press that subscribe button and subscribe, please. Okay. You got, you got so nice at the end. Please, please just do it. <laughs> please. If only the button said, don't be a bitch. Maybe we can get that arrangement <laughs> with iTunes. We know some people that can make that happen. Right. Yeah. Uh, but thanks so much for listening, guys. Happy Halloween. And uh, hopefully you find something that frightens you this, this time of year. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for listening. As always, you've made our day. Bye bye. It's good news. I literally have to go downtown like right now. Yeah, I was gonna say you need to hurry the hell up. It's like, it's Goodbye, Ronald. Like, That's the wrong door. Eight, I gotta pee real quick. <laughs> I thought he was <laughs>